My name is Philia, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations that surround our everyday life and our faith walk with Christ. I always say faith cannot rely on the wisdom of men, but only in the power of God. Now, talking about the wisdom of men, we are super delighted to embark on this new series called Unlocking Wisdom. So, Yemi, tell us more about this series. Well, Philia, in this season of Unlocking Wisdom, we examine the book of Proverbs, which is designed to communicate foundational truths in order to give us guidance for living a successful life through wisdom and the knowledge of God. Today, We are covering several chapters in the book of Proverbs for discontentment. Mm. (laughs) It's a good topic, actually. So I'll be reading a couple of Proverbs from Proverbs 15, 16, and 17. The first one, Proverbs 15, 17. Better is a dish of vegetables with love than a fattened ox with hatred. Proverbs 16, 8. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. Proverbs 17, 1. Better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So Solomon is comparing like righteousness and love to strife and hatred. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that it's better to have love and it's better to have righteousness and it's better to have quietness than to have any discontentment in your life. And I think we all kind of know that and we all kind of experience periods of discontentment where we've been unhappy, where you've been sad. And discontentment really is a a robber of joy, right? It spreads from one person to the next. The effects can be on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. I mean, I think a lot of people who are discontent, like me, have uttered like, if only statements. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. some of mine are, if only I had more money. If only I had a nicer home. If only I had gotten a break. If only they accepted me as I am. Like These are some of the things that I have thought that have produced discontentment. And I think with discontentment, we kind of focus on the negative. And I think that's what Solomon is trying to say, trying to advise against. Like, listen, it's better to have a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting and strife, right? Like if you're going to be unhappy all the time, people don't want to be around you. (laughs) They're going to be like, I'd rather sit by myself than than be with you in your in your misery. (laughs) Right. Because misery loves company. Yeah. Yeah. You're not miserable. Then you're not loving that company, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I've been there, but when you're discontent, you can wallow in self-pity. Then you're sharing your woes, like your woe is me and you're telling everyone and you're so miserable. And while misery loves company, the people who choose not to be miserable (laughs) don't want your company. Trust me, nobody wants to be around miserable people. It has happened to me in my period of misery and it happens to me in other people's period of misery. I'm like, there's only so much I can take (laughs) before I'm like, I think think you need time to yourself. And especially when I'm in a sensitive season, Mm -hmm. when I'm in a sensitive season, I know that I can't be around someone who's negative all the time because it's just going to make me feel negative. 
you know, it's funny that you said about the negativity because it is contagious, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like laughter is contagious, sneezing is contagious, yawning is contagious, so is discontent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So discontent is like the idea of, you no, know, it says that the germs of discontent can infect a single host and then overtake an entire community and every aspect of it, whether it was physical, mental, and emotional, um, as well as spiritual. So, uh, you know, when people come in with this discontent, no matter how upbeat you are, it's so hard not to be affected by it because one, you start to focus on trying to make the person better. Yeah. So it's already taking away from you. And two, you start to feel guilty of being high when that person is low. So Mm. it actually, in a way, makes you bring yourself down to meet them where they are just to help them along. And that's unfair to you. That's already on your high. So discontent does not work. And although it's important to always be there, be your brother's keeper, it's also very selfish when someone is discontent because they should just be wallowed by themselves sometimes in a corner, <laughs> right? In a little bit. It's like, don't bring your negative energy to me. And there's some people who are so selfish that they're not thinking of that. However, with looking at the word of God, we should always be there for one another, regardless of the situation and always be our brother's keeper. So that's the thing that makes me not frown upon people who do do that. Yeah. I think, I also think time and place. Like I, mm. I will always say there's a time and place for everything. Like if I have happy news, don't don't talk about your <laughs> sad news, right? Like <laughs> I don't want to wallow in your misery while right. I'm happy. And like right. you said, like you're you become so focused on making that person feel better mm-hmm. that you forget your joy, and it does kind of rob you of your joy because it's like instead of the joy being contagious, right. the discontentment is contagious. So I think sometimes when we're in our periods of discontentment, we don't want to be isolated. But sometimes we do, right? Like if we know that there's no way that we can be happy for someone in a, in a celebratory mood, we shouldn't show up, right? Like stay by yourself. But don't stay by yourself all the time, right? You, We need friends. We need people to help us, remind us of what joy is. Mm-hmm. We need people to talk it out with us and say like, I've been there. It's just a season. I think what you what you said was so right. Like we are each other's brothers and sisters in Christ and mm-hmm. we have to watch out for one another and we have to remind people that there is joy. And thinking about like what joy is and, and Solomon using like uh, these references to food. And I'm like, why did the author pick these references mm-hmm. to food? And then Solomon used that as descriptors of like discontent because Food is supposed to bring joy, right? Like we, you when you eat in a community, it's right. always supposed to be filled with laughter That's- and joy. And so it kind of ruins right. the it food, takes away right? The like when right. someone at the table is discontent, it's like, <laughs> right. you cooked all day, the rice is salty. Mm-hmm. The rice is hard. It's soft. Oh, it's too hard. Yeah. Oh, there's a seed. It's not done. <laughs> it's like, eh, well, can you leave? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> did you did you do anything to help? Like right, it's right. It's kind of it's kind of like don't ruin don't the ruin meal. And Correct. that's what discontent is. Right. It can ruin the meal. And it not just ruin the meal for others, it ruins all your meals. Everything, correct. Everything in your mouth will not taste good. Correct. I, it's funny you said that, Yemi, that everything in your mouth will not taste good because it reminds me that you actually block your blessings. That's kind of Ooh, a, that's another a way of thinking of a blessing blocker, <laughs> right? Because it's like God can put you in a situation where you can receive blessings, but now you are 
ungrateful, which God does not like. You know, you you're prideful. These are all things that are not characteristics of God. So when that happens, I think that's a way to block your blessings because here you could be in a situation that you can actually uh, manifest your blessings, but instead you're complaining that something is too cold or too hot, or, you know, I didn't want to be here, or blah, 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 I'm bored. Like whatever the, the case might be, you are, they call it negative Nancy, right? <laughs> it's like you're being a negative Nancy about everything. So people can't empathize with you because you're actually draining them and yeah. they can't see it for what it is because it seems like you're now almost an attention seeker. You're looking for more Ooh. ways for people to, to try to, to coddle you and it's not necessary because you don't need those people. You need God. Oh, that's a really good point. And I think, I think why it's so wise to fight against discontentment Mm -hmm. is because not only does it, is it contagious and it kind of ruins the meal for everyone. (laughs) It makes all your food taste salty. But the fact is that if we dwell in discontentment so long, we start doing some ungodly things Mm -hmm. to remedy that. Right. Because if if we're, if we're so focused on the fact that we don't have, and we say, like if only I had this, if only then we start becoming very focused on the things of the world, the material things. That's when when you brought up when you said like you're supposed to focus on God. God right. is supposed to be your source of joy, not things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes we're so discontent because we're focused on the, on the things, things of this correct. world. Right. And and even if you steal, you know, kill, destroy things that we know that are the devil's tactic to achieve something, right? right? Like you imagine like people robbing to get rich, right? Do you, Mm -hmm. does that person feel good? Does the discontent go away? Because now you're rich. Now you have the money. And you still have those internal conflicts that you've been dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the book of Proverbs says, Better is a little with righteousness mm. than great income with injustice. So even even if you're discontent, it's not good to pursue injustice to remedy your discontent. That is not that's not supposed to be the source of your joy. And we know that there are lots of wealthy people who are unhappy. Yes. So even with that knowledge, like mm-hmm. even if I had more money, even if I had all these things, you know that people who have those are not happy. That's not the source of your joy. What? So like Philia said, your source of joy should be on God. Right. And there's no better way to cure your discontent than focus on the joy of the Lord. And what does that look like for you, Philia? I think focusing on my joy of the uh, Lord is you know, being in prayer, like constant prayer. And if not, even if it's every day, but just being joyful about being able to have life, health, you know, because, you know, once you have your health then you have another day to to make a change, to affect change. I think for me, the life and joy is knowing that he has really never forsaken me because if I really look back at the things that has happened to me, God was able to get me through them. Even when I thought that there's no way I could survive another day feeling this thing. So I think it's always a constant reminder. And then you see him doing it again. And it's like a constant reminder that God is constantly working. He doesn't just stop with you. He continues. And what better place to be in when you can be somebody who can impact another person in a positive way. I mean, that is to me the best testimony and the best teacher that you can actually exemplify. Yeah. I mean, I think looking back, if you pull on those examples and Mm -hmm. say, if Keith did it before he can do it again, 
you live in a place of expecting good right. instead of expecting bad. Right. And I think when you focus on God, at least for me, and you focus on the joy, my joy of God is that I expect something good all the time. Right. I expect that even if the situation is bad, it can turn around for my good, for the purpose, right? For the purpose and the will of the Lord. And I want to walk in the will of the Lord. And I think when I was in my season of very, very, very discontent, what brought me out, and I've said it before, was um, was it Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know mm-hmm. the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you hope in a future and not to harm you. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I focus on that because I'm like, well, my future is going to be better than today. Right. So I st- stopped focusing on my lack and I was hopeful for, the, for more. Beautiful. And I think also, another thing that we can do is celebrate the goodness of God, mm-hmm. which Philia said, like he has done. If you look back and God has the things that God has saved you from, the things that he, the situations that he got you out of, right? <laughs> the when you had nothing, but you found something, right? If you focus on the goodness of God and what you have, then you won't focus on what you don't have. Exactly. And, you know, one of Good the point. practices is that I had before was having a, a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. That was a way to keep me out of negative thoughts. Right. Every day I wrote down at least five Something things right. I was grateful for. Right. It helped me start my day with mm. a positive attitude that carried throughout the day. And and the discontenters, the negative Nancys weren't able to penetrate. To infiltrate that, yep. right? Got you. Yep. It really um, 100% makes sense. And I think that's why it's important when it comes to discontent that you know that you can call on to God, because this discontent, it does travel. It does permeate people's behavior, their souls, the way they think of you, the way they think of themselves. And when you start to grab onto that negativity, it's so hard not to pull others down. Yeah. You know, so I think it's very important to be mindful of when you're doing that. Like sometimes I feel like when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, for instance, uh, at work, or I feel like I'm being antsy, or I feel like I'm short with others, especially my loved ones or my children. I say, you know what? I need some me time. I just need to reconvene, reflect, get my thoughts together, start to decompartmentalize decomp- um, that, you know, this is work and this is home. I don't need to be upset that something that happened at work, then now I have to take it out on my children because it's so easy for us to do that when the people we love most are the closest to us. So I think it's really important for us to make a concerted effort not to do that. Amen. Amen. I, I, I 100% agree. And I think this is something that we should all work on. I think this week we should think about these tips. One, if you're feeling discontented, maybe removing yourself from the situ- from a situation where you're taking it out on someone else. Right. Two, focus on an attitude of gratitude. Right. Um, maybe if you're in a season of, of discontent, this can help if you're doing this for a week. If for a week you're saying, what am I grateful for? Five things I'm grateful for, or even like a, a look back, right? right. That Philia discussed that look right. back from the things that God has saved you from, or for me, a look forward. So these are some of the tips and tools that you can use to get out of your discontent and not spread it. It's such a sickening disease, honestly, because like Philia said, it starts with a single person and it spreads to a community. And you do not want to be in a community of negative Nancys because all you are is just miserable and commiserating in misery together. And we don't want that. 
Right, exactly. So I feel like um, I think this is like really important to remember that this idea of discontent, it's very important to be cognizant of the things that we say, the things that we feel and what we bring on to others. Know that if you're feeling something that you cannot reconcile, know that God is the one that can reconcile those for you. And on that, we hope that you guys enjoyed this discussion. We can't wait for you to hear or to actually write the things or let us know on what you do when you're feeling discontent. And um, until then, um, stay tuned for prayers and our closing our announcements. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on Unlocking Wisdom. Now, Treading Faith is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google. So please check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, just spread the word, spread the news, and just follow us. Click that like button, and you can just easily comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, we are continuing to fill our jars of joy. Hey guys, look, it's already August. And if you haven't done so, it's not too late. It's okay. God knows your heart. Just slip a note, a prayer, a scripture, just anything that our good Lord has done for us so that at the end of the year, when we're reading back some of these wonderful things, you'll have something to look forward to. Amen. Now let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and mercy. Now, God's word does not come back void. Isaiah 55, 11 ensures that. Now, praise is strengthened in numbers. So we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you today for the multiple commands in the Bible to trust you, Father God, for in the times of trouble and out of our control and our circumstances, Father God, you are our light. Father God, you are a light in a crooked, dark, winding path, Father God. And in all those days that we just don't know what to do with ourselves, Father, we know that we can look to you, Father God. Father God, we need to continue to be content because discontentment, Father God, is frowned upon, Father. We need to be grateful, Father, that you breathe into us another day of life, Father God, there are people who went to bed who don't have that, Father. So we thank you for covering us. We thank you for waking us. We thank you for waking up our children. We thank you for waking up our parents. We thank you for waking up our neighbors, Father God, because you tell us that we must love thy neighbor. Father God, thank you for covering our family members and our loved ones, Father God. Father God, we want more of those days when your love is better than life, where your grace is more sufficient and present. It's sweeter than honey. Father God, until that day comes that you take us, Father God, we want to completely be in your full delight, Father God. And we don't want, you know, to get the desires of our heart, Father God, but that you may be the primary delight of our heart. And we cannot imagine a freedom without that, Father God. Father God, help us to know the difference between redemptive discontent and destructive ingratitude to remind us that we're not home yet, Father God, that you've placed a limit on how much satisfaction anything or anyone can give us. So Father, thank you. Thank you 
thank you, Father. Thank you for for claiming um, godliness until uh, unto contentment, Father God, only because you have hidden our life in Christ, who is our righteousness and our sanctification, and Christ is our redemption, Father God. So may this good news, Father God, impact the way we enjoy our food, the way you put clothes on our backs, the way you provide shelter for us, Father God. We know that in times of need, we know we can turn to you. But guess what, Father God? In times of greatness, we have to turn to you too, Father God. It doesn't go away. Praise doesn't go away. We don't go away. You don't go away. You cut our backs, Father. We know that you have our backs. You are the ultimate protector, Father God. So there's nothing else to look for because you are the it factor, Father God. There's relief, Father God, knowing that that peace, that assurance is all you, that we are not alone, that we need to trust you, that you are always, always, Father God, the command, our good. You are always in command of anything and any favor that you may have on us, Father God. Father God, first of all, all the attempts that we make to look for happiness, Father God, we thank you for giving it to us. Forgive us that we praise for other things, Father God, but for kindness and patience and forbearance, we also look forward to the day when we are no longer weak and allergic to your grace, Father God. So, Father God, we are only able to trust in you, trust in our heart, trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding because, Father, we do not get it. But you are patient with us, and we thank you for sacrificing your Lord, uh, our Lord, Jesus Christ. He is our Savior, Father God, and you gave him up for us, Father God. So we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Father God, for the broken circumstances that you would love to fix. But we surrender our palms up to you, Father God, and we know well enough to realize, Father God, that you in the heavens will continue to protect us as long as we keep you in our hearts, as long as we keep the thoughts of you in our hearts and trust that you are always there, Father God, because we know that you will never break a promise to us, Father God. Father God, we continue to ask for favor, grace, and mercy, and continue to ask that everything we do is pleasing to you. In Jesus' precious name, you are our light and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed our prayer. We hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. We can't wait to see you next week on our live. But until then, always remember to keep God in your hearts and be kind to one another. We love you all. See you and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.